Welcome to the Podcast Connector. I'm Christina Rice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kelsey Goldstein and Abby Frank. We run the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Podcast Connector podcast. I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Abby, Kelsey. Great to see you. Hello, great to see you too. Haven't seen you lately. How you doing? Haven't seen you lately. Yeah, I feel like, uh, especially Kelsey, we've been on, we've been spending a lot of Zoom time together. Yeah, (laughs) quality time. A lot of quality Zoom time. Um, But okay, so today I, we, me and Abby, Abby and I, we want to interrogate you a little bit, Kelsey, about some of your previous roles and your experience there. I am certainly no expert on, I would say like the traditional way people build businesses. <laughs> like, uh, so Good that's like a, a new realm for me personally. I know like you have a lot of experience um, like running paid ads and something that just impressed me so much when we first met was like you managing the number of clients you were managing. And I thought it was so interesting. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're all different they're all very different. You're managing, uh, social media and different campaigns for all these different businesses. And that just like blew my mind. Right. I'm like, all right, if she can handle like 30 different clients at once, I hope she can handle me. (laughs) Um, yeah, for success. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we probably have a lot of questions to ask you and I'll guess, I guess I'll start. Maybe you can describe like, like, how did you get into that job and share more about what the role was? Okay. So in college, I had an internship doing, this is funny, kind of like my transition, but but I had an internship in organic social media. So I was working for a woman who served basically as an agency and she was managing different people's social platforms. And so I got really into SEO and like graphic design and doing all the organic stuff for social media. Um, So then this job opportunity came up and it didn't have to do anything with organic social media, but it still had to do with social media. So I had some experience that carried over there. And I actually started off very interestingly, I started off running Google ads, which is a very different world than social media. (laughs) So I would say 95% of my day was spent in a spreadsheet. So basically um, everyone knows that Google is based on keyword searching. So whatever word you search, that'll trigger certain ads that are set up in a campaign to be shown when that keyword is searched. And so what I would do for certain companies, and sometimes this was like an AC wholesaler or something really boring, was go to their website and literally write down every single word that somebody could think to type in and search when they were looking for that product. And if there were like products with like model numbers, you have to do every single variation. So every single, if someone's like, where do I buy? buy AC? Where do I buy air conditioning? Where do I like every possible orientation of the words and then like model numbers, colors, and then every combination of the color and the model. And I was like writing out a whole ass spreadsheet. And I quickly realized that that is not where I thrive. And um, my company at the time just opened a brand new social media advertising department because they were starting to realize like, Hey, this is becoming a thing now. Like people are paying to get their ads on Facebook, you know, can I just say something relevant? Quick, can I yeah. say something like I, that is such a skill though. Like if you think about like, 
like I think about like YouTube videos, right? Um, writing your tags, your cute, your, like it is, it is a skill to like. You gotta tap into the human mind, like you really do, right? Like consumer like, mind. Yeah, totally. Like when I was first learning about all of that, and I would, I would like talking to my web developer and like some friends I had an SEO, and like I would see examples, and I'd be like, holy shit, this is a, this is a skill. So it's I would science. just say, like, it's science. Well, thank you. I felt yeah. like it was, you know, my entry level job, just sitting all day in a spreadsheet. But um, anyway, it's, it's really still manual. It's, yeah. Too. It's, it's like, hard. Yeah. So it's insane. It's truly insane. But so, yeah, I, I'm a very visual person. So I kind of knew when this opportunity to work in the social department presented itself, I'm like, yes, I want to be there because the ads and just like everything you do is so different. And so I, w- I started basically this department with the department head. And yeah, I mean, from there, basically it was, it was different. I mean, in Google ads, you're still writing ad copy, but it's very generic and it's very straight to the point. It's like a description, an informative description and that's it. And then you flip over to social and it's like, you want to grab people. You have to stop them in their tracks because they're not searching for these. Like you're stopping them in their day and being like, Hey, you need this. And like, you have to be convincing. It's called disruptive advertising as opposed to before where it's very like inaccurate, right? Like good descriptor. (laughs) And so, yeah, I was like, I found myself really enjoying it because you're coming up with like really catchy. I mean, if you, if you like puns, then you're probably good at writing social ad copy. Um, obviously it depends on the client, like how they want to portray themselves and brand themselves. But like some people really wanted the cheesy puns and I would go to town on those. And, um, (laughs) yeah. So like, aside from writing ad copy, a lot of it too was audience research, which is kind of a juicy thing, especially, um, because Facebook was our main platform at the time. And so Facebook has this little, let's call it a library of all of the things it knows about everyone (laughs) that you can decide to select to show your ads to. And I remember the first time I was in there, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Well, they certainly know a lot. And that's definitely come to light to the public since then. And they've actually like done a lot of work to kind of minimize the amount that Mm -hmm. um, advertisers can target just because of everyone's pushback, Mm -hmm. but it gets really specific. Like you can target people. I don't know if it's still this way, but at least when I was there, it's like people that have a friend or a relative with a birthday in 30 days or a birthday in 60 days or a friend, like people that have a friend that has an anniversary in the next year and like very specific. That Um, makes sense though, right? I mean, that's like just off of the, 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 we put out our birth dates, right? Right. And people, I just think it's so funny because people get so offended by how much information is collected. And it's like, they literally ask you for this and they do some math, like it's there. Um, (laughs) I mean, I will say, to be honest, sometimes it's actually very helpful. Like, like it's like, I will say sometimes I'll see an ad and I'm like, oh shit, it's so-and-so's birthday. I need to like, I've had that come up and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that you're stalking me in this moment right um other times it's definitely creepy where it'll be like I mean I don't know how this one works to be oh, honest, I, I mean, know what you're going to say, but say it. I feel well, like it's I like, know. I will have a conversation with someone. And then the next day, that random product that I never heard before that that friend brought up to me is all over my thing. They're advertising. I'm like, you're listening to everything I say. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about something. There yeah. is something, there is a good amount that they don't even, that they aren't even transparent with their agencies and their advertisers about. And that has been like, I don't want to say it's a theory floating around for sure, but I think it's definitely true that they do listen into your phone. And there's actually this interesting experiment someone did, and I can't cite it because I don't know who did it, but I'm sure if you look it up, you can find it where someone who's just like this American guy took his phone and placed it near a radio station playing Spanish music. And then next day, or like maybe immediately he started getting flooded with ads in Spanish. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my God. Well, that, yeah. That's literally happened to me so many times too, where it's like, I've never gone anywhere on Safari or anywhere on my phone that would be traceable to this like product or this place that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I've mm-hmm. only said it verbally in conversation and then it's like there right away. Um, so there's definitely something there. I mean, I'll say it's definitely fueled my current shopping issue. My current shopping <laughs> Well, that's addiction. what it's designed it's to do. It's been a little do. out of control. That's what um, we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say, I think it'd be so interesting if somebody was like, I'm going to, I feel like this would be a good like documentary or something. It's like super size me, but different, right? Like where somebody's <laughs> like, I'm going to outsmart this phone. And you like specifically talk about certain things, right? Like uh, you could do it in a very experimental way and then see how that changes your ads and your experience. Like you would like out, like pretend like you are into other things. You know, I think it'd be interesting to, to see that, but I tried that before. Yeah. Did it work? Did. Yeah. Well, like when I first started my corporate job, I was like freaking out about the commute because I lived an hour away and I talked to someone in the hallway about a different route and my GPS had never given me this route before, like never. Oh, and I was about to drive home and it took me a totally different way, which was amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I need to take this every day. And so I just kept like, I couldn't remember the route after that day. It was like, oh, oh every day in conversation. Every day I was like, Grand River, Grand River, Grand River, and like hoping it would pop back up again because it never gave me the option again. But I was Whoa. like, oh my God, that was freaking wild. That, that is wild. So nice. I wonder if my phone will start talking about jury duty. <laughs> Okay. No, but no, it's super interesting. So I, I, I'm curious, like what industries or was this all over the place? Like with your, the clients you worked with? Uh, it was all over the place for sure. It was basically anyone that came to our agency and wanted to do social media along with their, mm-hmm. their search advertising was put on my team. So like mm-hmm. I was the first team. And so it may have, I know that company has grown a bit since I've been there and I don't know if they've specialized the teams a little bit more, but it was literally anyone that came our way. So like lawyers, yoga instructors, um, a lot of consumer packaged goods. So like beauty products. Yeah. I dealt with all of it, <laughs> everything. So I'm just curious, like, I'm just asking logistics. Like yeah, when someone like was like, okay, I want to work with you guys. Like, what was that process? Is it like they pick which type of ads they want or do you like consult and recommend or like what, what is the process? Yeah. I guess? So we did work with all social platforms. So it expanded out to like Twitter, Instagram, Instagram's owned by Facebook. So we kind of like viewed them as one in the same. Um, TikTok, Snapchat, did I already say that? I don't know, but LinkedIn, all of them. And so when they came to us, it really depended on whether they were like a business to business company or a business to consumer company. So B2B or B2C. And that would kind of influence what platforms we were on. So if they were strictly B2B, like they'd be a really great fit for LinkedIn, where it's a bunch of people really into like big businesses around there. Whereas if they're B2C, like, and they want a bunch of quick buys, Facebook and Instagram are really great for getting in front of people. And then like further, then you like break it down further into like the demographics and kind of just decide which ones to go to. But more often than not, people want it to be on Facebook. And I think that's still the case because a lot of companies have seen a ton of success advertising on Facebook just because their targeting abilities and their reach is just so immense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like just from, I'm obviously not an expert in this, but my perspective from just my friends, different entrepreneurs, um, conversations around how they market and stuff. My perspective has been that like products do really well, well Facebook ads, but more like coaching and stuff doesn't do as well that does Mm -hmm. better with like Instagram 
Instagram and really more so you like more so your lead in or like a free thing as opposed to yes. like just work with me for coaching or whatever if you're in that space. Um, so that's been kind of my perspective is like, do you see that trend too? Or like, wh- what do you see with for d- the different platforms? What types of businesses do tend to do yeah. best? So think of it this way. If someone's looking for a coach actively, they're like, oh my God, I really need a business coach. Google is a great place to go because they already want a business coach and that's what they're searching. Like, where can I find a business coach near me or like online business coaching for X? Whereas on, on Facebook, you can target down pretty well, but you can't target someone that wants a business coach. You can target someone that's maybe an entrepreneur, right? But maybe they're not thinking about hiring a business coach. So you're still like throwing an ad in their face and being like, Hey, have you thought about business coaching yet? Like, here you go, sign up. (laughs) So the consideration window for Facebook is a lot longer. It can be like 30 days or longer for a service. Whereas a quick click and buy product with like, and that tends to be a more visual thing too, right? So like the ad is probably going to show your product and be like a really interactive experience. Whereas like a lawyer trying to get clients for something, it's going to be like a form that pops up. Um, So yeah, tech, I will, there are always exceptions, but I would say more often than not products do really well and service. Um, the service industry can do really well in collecting leads. Like you said, that's a great place to grab people's emails. You can have like a form ad where that just kind of auto inserts from their account and people get like, can rack up their email list that way. And that's really good. Like you said, for a freebie, like you can, um, give people a free download of something in exchange for their email. And then you grab them. Um, it's just something to consider when you're investing in the ads, like how much is a lead worth to you? Because now you're paying for leads and you don't know what that is going to translate into in terms of return. Whereas a product, you know how much you're going to make, mm-hmm. like what you're going to actually profit based on what your product is priced at and what you spend on. So it's a little bit different. And I'd say like the risk is a little higher with the, with collecting leads as a service, but it can also be a lot cheaper because mm-hmm. as opposed to needing a really aggressive budget as a product where you're competing against a bunch of others, you can put like $5 a day as your budget for um, a lead generation campaign and still collect like a good amount of emails. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also like there's a level of like how much does the customer need to be warmed up, right? For somebody right. who's going to invest in like thousands of dollars in, in coaching, for example, or a service, like they need to be warmed up a lot more. There's a lot more trust building versus like, yeah, I've seen an ad for something and bought it literally immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for a product, like for like, oh, that skincare thing or oh, that that cute top, Um, there's less warming up to do. How, I'm just like curious, like I don't even understand the TikTok space. Real, I mean, Either. to an extent, but how did Girl. TikTok ads, how did that even go? Like it was kind of there? a clusterfuck if I'm honest. And granted, it was a brand new thing mm-hmm. when I started there. So their system just like, wasn't great. <laughs> it was like, I'll give you some context. So on Facebook, you could make one ad and it could perform really well for like a few weeks to a few months. That's just how the algorithm was. Like it would gain some good traction with engagement and it could perform for a really long time. And with TikTok, they're like, yeah, you need seven new ads a day. And just to like, just, you know, putting together an ad is not easy and you need different video content. So the algorithm was like extremely crazy when I first started working there. And a lot of our clients just shut it down because they did not see return. So I don't know if it's gotten any better. My theory is just that like, it's really hard to capture attention on a platform that encourages you to like keep swiping and not even finish like three seconds of watching something. So Mm -hmm. I think it really comes down to user (laughs) behavior. (laughs) TikTok is wild. (laughs) 
insane. And I'm just like the whole advertising platform was insane. And I'm like, I can't keep up with this. It's too intense. Well, just as like a content, like just creating content, that's that was the turnoff. Like I enjoy the style of content, but to to make that much because you really have to like it have you have to like make multiple posts, right? Like what four to seven a day ideally to get anywhere. I was like, I just can't commit to that. Even though they're really fast, it just it just felt I don't know, just wasn't for me. But I know other people that do so well on it. So it's such a potent algorithm. So Mm -hmm. it's like if you're able to catch it, like like grab on to the algorithm (laughs) and like stick, then you're gonna like your account's gonna explode. But it's like Mm -hmm. such it's so difficult to get to that point. Yeah, it's just extremely and like you know, just from like what you watch, if you accidentally spend three seconds longer on a video you don't care about, that's like suddenly all you see in your feed. (laughs) Like that should have happened to all of us. You're like, no, please stop. (laughs) It's like it's like if I'm watching a YouTube video, I like and I'm across the room, I like sprint over to press skip ad because I'm like, no. Yeah, no more of this. I've literally been getting an ad for toilet paper for three days. Oh my God. God. (laughs) What did you do to warrant that? I think I said to my fiance, we need to get like stock up on stuff before we move. And I think I mentioned toilet paper and now I keep getting these ads for like the box of toilet paper you can order. That's all pretty and wrapped. And I'm like, that's pretty great. Oh, wait, that sounds nice. (laughs) But still. Me that ad. It's so funny to me because I think about I'm like, does toilet paper need ads? But it's like, yeah, you're competing with the other toilet paper. Dude, think about think about COVID. Oh, I couldn't even get into that whole thing with um how ads went then. But anyway, yeah, that was like a whole new market. Oh, what happened? What happened? Um, it was just like insane because the platforms were really cracking down on not like they tried their best to not have any kind of political affiliation with their ads. It was Mm. very but. Like they were cracking down. (laughs) Right. It's ironic. It's ironic. They were trying not to appear as if they were Mm. politically associated in any way Mm -hmm. with either party. And that meant any, like they couldn't take any stance on COVID and like the weirdest products, like all the, like all of our clients were getting all their ads rejected because I'm sorry. Instagram for sure took a clear stance. I know. So their advertisers can't. So, um, yeah, there's that, but yeah, like everyone's ads were getting disapproved and it would be like a body better company <laughs> and the facebook would be like yeah. you're exploiting you're exploiting the pandemic by promoting like xyz but <laughs> yeah like the weirdest thing is i'm not no moisturized skin no. is allowed <laughs> If you are a podcast host and you are not already part of the Podcast Connector, what are you waiting for? This is a totally free service for you. We know how hard it is nowadays to find really amazing guests that have something different to say. I've been hosting a show for over six years now, and I know it has gotten more and more difficult for me to find unique messages and really cool people. They're out there, but I go mostly on referral only, so I totally feel you. And this is why the Podcast Connector is amazing, because we get to know you, your show, exactly what you're looking for. And if we find a guest who is perfectly aligned, we will send them your way. There is no requirement for you to book the guest. You can just check it out, see if they're aligned, and we truly will only send you people who we think are perfect matches, so we won't be spamming you, but it is a no-effort way for you to uh, find some really incredible guests and book them if you want. So if you are a host and you are interested in potentially getting connected with incredible people, again, there is no requirement to book them. The Podcast Connector is totally free for you, and you can head to thepodcastconnector.com, apply today, and we will be in touch soon. 
Well, I, I, I would love for you to talk more about, cause I think it's helpful for people to hear like from somebody who's worked in the ad space, you know, kind of what's going on with like, you know, organic, like organic products, you know, health related marketing. And I was having this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago who she's going to start her health coaching business. And she was like, Oh, I'm not worried. Like, like she works in SEO. And I was like, but like, so she's like, I'm just going to like boost my website. And I'm like, but you're literally a natural health coach. Like, is that really going to work that well? <laughs> Plus SEO takes a while. Right. Um, yeah. and yeah, I'm just curious, like how that even went, because like, it, let's say you are, I mean, I think of like CBD companies, for example, or like just organic products. And it's like, let's say you pay for an ad, but then does it get hidden? Or do you guys just say like, this yeah. isn't going to work? Like, how does it even work? It is really testy. So like half the time we would take on clients and be like straight up. I don't know if your ads are going to get approved. Um, because anything that makes any type of medical claim is an automatic. No, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what the stance was on marijuana. I don't know if they opened it up to CBD or not, but like um, what is a medical claim? Like, okay. I have multiple friends who run CBD companies and yeah, I've just heard like, they'll just, they'll be like, we literally can't say anything. Like we cannot yeah. say anything, even like experience oriented. They'll be like, that's a medical. It's like, this is my it can experience. Be like nothing about what results you can get. There can be mm-hmm. no before and afters. They say like no shocking language. Of course, this is all subjective. Right. So like we'd spend hours. No shocking language. I would never last. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> It felt very random and very inconsistent, if I'm honest, with what got through and what didn't. And like some clients would come to us and be like, this is bullshit. My ads aren't getting approved, but why is my direct competitor running like these massive campaigns? And we're like, I honestly don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't I'm make so sense. Sorry. Um, and then sometimes you'd go to support and they'd be like, oh my God, you're right. Like we'll overturn this. And then sometimes it was a hard no, but it was very inconsistent. So it's that- really just like, you don't know until you test it. And you could have an ad that's performing amazingly and like blowing up your business and then just one day it's shut off and <laughs> that's that so how do you manage that as a company like as an agency like everything's constantly changing the algorithm change changes yeah. constantly like how do you keep your clients happy and even like retain them when that's going uh, on well our philosophy was that we were just going to be as straightforward and honest as possible so when people came to us it's like we're like we cannot make you any promises we cannot make you mm-hmm. any promises on results or like what's going to get approved because it is such a volatile platform and people who have advertised on there before know that your campaign can be doing so amazingly for a certain period of time. And then out of nowhere for no reason, just completely tank. And that's literally the nature of the platform. So like we would have to rebuild campaigns like very regularly for our clients. It was a lot of upkeep. It would be like, we know this is going to like do well for a week. And then we're probably going to have to rebuild it next week completely differently. So it was a lot of just like, and then you have to find new targeting and like try to do it a different way. And it's like a lot of grasping at straws. Yeah. I mean, that's the best philosophy though, right? You just have to be honest with people. And I think that's part of like, like I see this play out as I'm just like, just like observing, right. A lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and like, this is what people don't get about owning a business, right? Like a lot of people, it's like, they want guarantees and it's like to be an entrepreneur, to run a business, like you have to invest in so much that isn't guaranteed. That's just part of the game, right? Like, because there have been so many things that I have stepped into where the person is like, I don't know if this is going to like, there, there's no guarantee. And it's like, that's fine. I'm willing to risk this money and I will take full responsibility. And 
if it doesn't work out, that's not on this person, right? That's just like, that's just part of the game. And a lot of people, um, you know, aren't, aren't willing to take that risk or they want the guarantee. And it's like, you're like with that energy and that mindset, like you're not, you're not going to make it. It literally inhibits people. (laughs) Just like as a very practical example, people would come to us and they'd be like, I want to test Facebook ads for this product that costs a hundred dollars, but I'm only willing to give like $5 a day. And we're like, your return isn't going to be there. Like how long, how many days then do your ads have to run for you to like make enough, like to get a purchase then. And it'd be worth your money. Like, and the algorithm favors bigger budgets by nature. So it's like, we always recommend it going in with at least like 20 or $30 on your first campaign. If you Mm -hmm. have a lower priced item and like, even sometimes that wasn't enough. Like, so it's just interesting how that mentality can seriously hinder you. Like you, you really do. It's gambling. Like you, you gotta test it. Well, yeah, I I will say like, this is like in different scenarios, that mindset, I was talking to somebody trying to be as broad as possible. So I know somebody about their business and they were coming to me and like, they're like, well, what should I do in this situation? And I was like, well, I wouldn't even go that route. I would go this route. Like, I just wouldn't even go. I don't, I think that's a dead end. And I would go this route. And they're like, well, I'm not willing to go that route. So what would you do if you went this route? And I'm like, but I wouldn't even go that route. So oh I goodness. can't, so I'm not the person to ask. Like if you're committed to going the route that I'm saying yeah. I would never go down, then I'm not the person to ask. Right. And it's like, uh, there's a lot Find of someone that. Who has. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that yeah. in the business space. So it's like, like people will tell you like, this isn't going to work. Right. It's like not going, but you're like, no, but I need it to work this way. So how do we make it happen? And it's like, then I'm not the person to work, to work with. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't Can't know. Yeah, it. I yeah. get that. Oh man, interesting. So, from your experience there, I'm curious. Like, was there anything that really shocked you um, in in trends or things that you saw at work or not working, or even just things about the ad space, like platforms, like behind the scenes stuff that people might be curious about? That's a really good question. I would say the sheer amount. This is this is what was crazy to me is that so many so many businesses relied so heavily on paid social is like their main way Mm. to get traffic and customers. And it was like the most volatile way at the same time. And so like, I have seen it literally tank businesses when Facebook campaigns stop performing. And it's like, these people weren't diversified at all. Because they don't have anything else. They don't have anything else. Yeah. And so I think that shocked me a lot is that it was literally like their business was dependent upon their social media ad campaign performance. Man, yeah. And it's so much money. Like you would be so shocked at how much money some people put behind those. Like- insane amounts. So, I mean, but that's similar to like, if you have somebody who builds their whole business only on Instagram, right. Right. Like, and then like what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that like, goes away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to Gotta diversify. diversifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild to me, but I guess on my side, just like I would, I would expect like if they've been doing that for a while and it did well, and a lot of people were buying the product, then they would build enough like word of mouth, but that's not always you the can, case. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's like, I don't know, people aren't, it's a lot, a lot of this comes back to user behavior again. So mm-hmm. like some products and industries, like you have really good brand loyalty and people always come back to you, but it's gotten so competitive nowadays with like people wanting to buy products from only brands that like have a really good mission, but then everyone has a great mission. And it's like, people are less committed to brands nowadays than they used to be like, because there are mm-hmm. so many options. It's like, okay, yeah. if this brand that has this really great mission that I align with, like their prices go up too much. Well, I'm just going to switch to this other one that also has an equally awesome mission. And it's just a very saturated market 
market. And so, yeah, it's really hard to retain customers if you're not constantly in their face with that. At, at what point, like, who would you suggest, like, who do you think is a good fit for running paid, paid ads? Like, and also with that, like, like at what point in a business, like, should it be mm. straight off the bat? Is that helpful? Or is that something that you think like you should go organic at the beginning and then like, like, what do you think? Yeah. Or do you think it can work? I'm just curious your thoughts. So I definitely recommend having some type of organic presence because that is like your source of credibility. If someone sees an ad from you and they don't know who you are and they're still considering and they go to like, check out your Instagram page and it's blank. Like people have this fear right now that all of the ads they're getting are spam because it's That's happened. so true. Yeah. And so people are just like inherently skeptical of everything they see. And they're inherently skeptical of the social platforms themselves. And so having like reviews on your Facebook page, if you're going to run Facebook ads, having actual like posts on there, pictures, also Instagram, if you're running Instagram ads, like that is super key. So having some type of like, yeah, content already visible to build that credibility, I think is an important first step, but that's not to say like that you've had to be in business for a long time. Wait, question. Do people yeah. run, pay to run ads to get people to pay for things that aren't real? Um, like, is that what you mean by their scams or like happened. they're just shitty products? Like, um, so like, like what do you that I've seen? <laughs> The issues I've seen firsthand have been like people selling counterfeit products or like drop shipping products that never actually get shipped. Like they're ordering it, they're portraying themselves as already having products in stock that they're going to ship right to you. Like you, you know, you would expect a company yeah. to do, but they're ordering from China and then like China suddenly stops shipping to them and you just never get your product, yeah. things like that. But yeah, like a lot of counterfeit items, like they'll it's say like they're Etsy. like a brand name. Yeah. yeah it's Amazon. getting really janky. Yeah. It's like turning into Amazon, but yeah. um, anyway, definitely having like that credibility. I literally bought this kimono from Etsy like eight months ago and just got here. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I literally, I I totally forgot about it, right? Especially if you're like buying a bunch of things at once. Oh, come on. Right? You like, you like sometimes things through the cracks, but then it's like a surprise. It's like, oh shit, I forgot, I forgot about that one, you know? Yeah, or when I thought that I could buy a phone case on Amazon for a dollar and that it was going to ship to me. Oh my God. Did it ever get there? Where like shipping I, is $59. Yeah. <laughs> never got to me. Never got my money back. They were like, you're dumb. You bought from a third party seller. Yeah. Your problem. Oh my like, God. Yeah, you're right. I am. Can't trust, can't trust anyone these days. <laughs> Trust issues for everyone. But yeah, it's triggering me. Amazon's triggering my trust issues. Right? Okay, sorry, continue. I'm oh, just... no. I was just going to say, yes, aside from that, like once you have a solid foundation and like some branding and like a real website that looks trustworthy and works, um, I would say you could start at any point. And I would say, what was the other part of the question? Like who is best like, suited? Like like product, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, products. Probably be if you're, you're going to do products, here's the thing. You can also do remarketing, right? So if you're already getting like a ton of traffic to your site from organic and you just want to like remind people because it's a longer consideration window for your service or your product on Facebook, you can target your website visitors and be like, Hey, I noticed you came to my site about coaching 15 mm-hmm. days ago. Like if you're still interested, you know, maybe check out now we have a sale, whatever. So there's that type of advertising and that can be really good Remarketing can be really good for like longer consideration items that are really expensive or services, but just like straight off the bat prospecting, I would say, yeah, like I said before, I think the things I've seen work best are like super quick buys and like honestly they're really unique like quirky gadgets that you haven't seen elsewhere 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah. where it fixes a problem. Like I'm trying to think of a made up example, like something that'll dry your clothes in 10 seconds. If you have to like run out to the store, but you can't wait for your dryer. I literally just made that up. Cause I feel like that's a problem. Does that exist? But I there's like, <laughs> I know that'd be cool. But like, like, like weird gimmicky products like that, that are a lower price point that you're like, holy crap, I haven't seen that anywhere else. And like, I don't want to scroll past this ad that does well. Okay. Um, <laughs> Parker, every time we eat, he hiccups one time. <laughs> I saw this product. I'm sorry, I can't breathe. I saw this product. Special. I saw this product that is a special straw that you apparently sift through that gets rid of your hiccup. And I saved it. And I was like, what are the chances? And I was like, you should try this straw and see if it gets rid of your one hiccup. A crippling, debilitating hiccup that controls his life. That's like, that does well. It's like, right? You see a product that it says guaranteed to get rid of hiccups. This is why people complain that the ads are stalking them, but it's like, yeah, this, this is how specifically targeted. we can fix your problems because we're stalking you. You know what I mean? It's like oh, a double-edged sword. Like you could be mad about it or one day your hiccups could be magically cured because yeah. Facebook knows everything about you. So I mean, it's helpful if it's a legit product, right? It's helpful. Right. I, so, okay. <laughs> Outside of this, now that you're not in that job anymore, you can probably like zoom out. I'm curious. This is just like a personal thing. So what do you think about running ads, let's say like paid for targeted ads, Instagram or Facebook, something like that compared to advertising on podcasts. I think podcast listeners are their own kind of unique, uh, like demographic. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends who you're trying to reach. Whereas like not every impulse buyer is listening to podcasts, right? It really depends like your product and your service. I think personally, like if I was a coach, I would want to do podcasting, right? Because I can showcase more of myself mm -hmm. as me, what it like, and I, my product on a podcast interview than I can in a 30 second video clip or a picture on a Facebook ad. Well, but I mean like running ads, right? Like sponsoring a show. Cause I, oh, feel like I, that's like, I think that's the future of, of, of advertising, right? Like these mm -hmm. the podcast listeners are so loyal, right? These are people who, if somebody's going to tune into you for 30 minutes to an hour weekly, like they trust you. I agree with you there a hundred percent. And I like looking at myself, right? Like I started buying Organifi years ago. Cause Christina talked about Organifi. It's that credibility. You're right. And I think people, like I said, are just becoming so of these social platforms that they don't trust like anything on there that they're being shown. But if you're listening to someone and you're a devout follower and you know, you listen to every single episode they put out and they're constantly talking about a product that changed their life that they really love. Of course, you're going to have a better chance of that person buying mm -hmm. from you. So I do think yeah, I definitely think that the trends are headed that way where people want to buy something only from people if it's recommended by people that they know and trust. Yeah. Well, I think the, the trends are very lifestyle, right? Like yeah. lifestyle marketing. That's what everybody's shifting to. Especially sure. in the health and wellness space too. Like if it's something that's going in your body, you want someone who has taken it before that can save mm -hmm. yeah. you like that you trust. That's like, yeah, this is fine. I didn't die when I took this instead of some ad <laughs> that you scroll past and they're like, oh yeah, it's the greatest product ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like every ad saying that 
that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I know for me, it's like, I look for anecdote. It goes back to, you know, if you see an ad for something, you might be like, oh, interesting. But then when your best friend tells you, oh my God, you have to get this, like it's changed mm-hmm. my life. You're like, okay, done, sold. I'm good. Right? right. And so that's where like that lifestyle marketing is really helpful. People trust influencers, bloggers, like just people that they know. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting to me because this is just like a personal thing. I think it goes down to knowing your demographic, but I know that when I like certain products that I hear advertised on podcasts, I'm like, no, this feels like an ad versus mm-hmm. other products don't. And to be honest, I think it's more, if I've seen that company on like mainstream ads, I almost like assume that it's like some gimmicky thing on a podcast. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus if it's like a smaller company or something I've never heard of before. When I hear a podcaster talking about how they like the product, I trust that. I just like automatically trust them more. I think that speaks totally to people's like perception of social media and how that's kind of changed. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So interesting. Right? Well, I think hopefully this is helpful for people. I think it's such an interesting topic and like just staying on the pulse of, you know, what's trending, what's working. It's just like part of being a business owner, like what platforms are going to do the best. And um, it is volatile, right? But that's part of what you sign up for. Like when you build a business, it's like you have, like, things are going to change, right? So mm-hmm. the way you market at one point is probably going to be different than how you market in the future. The world of paid ad space very crazy it's juicy super juicy all right well let's wrap up there thanks everybody for listening um let us know if you found this helpful definitely share it to social media and tag us on instagram at the podcast connector we can repost and say thank you and if you do enjoy the show be sure to leave a rating and a review on itunes it only takes a second and it makes a huge huge difference in helping to get the word out there about the podcast so we appreciate that so much Hope you have an incredible rest of your day and we will chat with you again next episode. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day and we will chat with you again next episode.